This episode is brought to you by Feel Free from BotanicTonics.com. Feel Free is a small two-ounce shot made from kava and other ancient plants, and the feeling that it provides is incredible. It is euphoric. It gives you this sense of focus. It reduces anxiety, and it just puts you in a relaxed state in your body. Think of it as a plant-based magical elixir that can uplift your mood, increase your productivity, and give you the energy to do the things you want to do today. There are so many applications for when you can use Feel Free. A few examples are using Feel Free to get into a flow state before yoga, meditation, or exercise. People are using this as a kind of energy drink to go running for miles at a time. And it's also great for socializing. It just makes it easier to connect to people around you. There isn't this kind of background hum of anxiety anymore. It just really melts away. And that also makes it a great replacement for alcohol. So if you're ready to feel free, go to botanictonics.com and use promo code ZIAN40 for 40% off. Again, that's botanictonics.com, promo code ZIAN40, X-I-A-N 40, at botanictonics.com. This episode is also brought to you by Sheath, the underwear of legends. What makes Sheath different is the pouch on the inside. Now this is a game-changing invention that completely revolutionizes the male undergarment. These are the most comfortable underwear I have ever worn by far. They've got amazing designs and styles, super comfortable fabrics. My favorite is the bamboo and also the V, which is a long leg athletic underwear that doesn't ride up and it supports you where it matters most. So go check out Sheath at sheathunderwear.com and use promo code TIMEWHEEL to save 20%. Once again, that's sheathunderwear.com, promo code TIMEWHEEL.
All right, we are rolling, and I am here with my friend Tanner, also known as Skyzia. How's it going today, brother? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, I really appreciate your music, too. Um, you create some absolutely incredible soundscapes, lush, luxurious environments within your music. Just everything feels right in its place, you know, like nothing feels like it's coming out of nowhere. And yeah, I, I wanted to share some stories um, that I've had with your music, but as well, just kind of learn from you. When did you start producing music? Has this been a lifelong thing or is it a relatively new thing? No, I think I like initially started dabbling around like 2015. Um, okay. It was, I mean, at, in those stages, it was like, I'm just kind of playing around at random times. So I wouldn't say it was that consistent, but um, yeah, I would say like 2015, I like, I was starting to become interested. Um, mm. And I think around like, 2016 2017 is when i was like okay like i'm actually really interested in this and then i would say around like 2018 is when i was like okay i'm 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 taking this way more seriously right you know? right um was it something that you just like you had an experience of other people playing music was it maybe live or did you go to the studio with someone and you were just like i'm really feeling called to do this or, or what was it that sparked do you feel like that like oh i really want to do this i really want to take this seriously and make like a, a career out of doing this it was a pretty slow process i gotta say like i think when i because i i was originally a filmmaker so i went to school for film mm -hmm. super about it i was like so confident that i was going to be a writer director at the time i was like almost a little cocky with it i was like you know this is my passion this is what i'm gonna do mm -hmm. and uh at some point i like i was like i want to learn piano and I just like went and bought a piano, like just a little keyboard. I brought it home and started just like, I never really learned anyone else's music. I just kind of started like playing chords and jamming mm -hmm. and it came really natural. And I like started kind of composing my own, like, you know, many things, but I kind of started composing piano compositions and I was like, damn, I like this. Mm -hmm. um, and like one thing led to another, like I ended up quitting film school, traveling, and over time, I just started making more and more music. And I remember there was a specific day where I was like, whoa, like I'm not, I'm not making film anymore. Like I don't ever remember that being a conscious choice to move mm -hmm. into music. So I don't, I, it's hard to answer that one. I, it really just kind of feels like mm -hmm. something that happens slowly over the years. You know? Yeah. You just kind of found a creative flow with it that felt superior maybe to what you were right. getting with, with film. Right. Interesting. Yeah, I do notice a lot of people that are uh, musicians also have either dabbled in the past with other art forms like film, or they make their own music videos as well, because right. it's just, you know, who can capture that what you're trying to portray through the music better than you. Right. Um, I often had a lot of uh, issue letting anyone have creative direction over anything to do with my music, you know, like, I just felt like only I could really tell the story uh through visual so that's an interesting thing have you um i know you have several music videos out are you kind of creative directing those or are you letting the artists do what they do or how does that go well i actually like i don't know if i, I have a couple visualizers i don't actually have an official music video out yet but mm. um i did just make a feature film for my upcoming album which oh, wow. was quite the process man like 
looking back, <laughs> I, I think that was like some of the most stressful months of my entire life was making that film. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still in the editing process, but, and that was my first time. I like, kind of like you, I have an issue with like giving over that creative control for sure. Mm-hmm. And this is my first time kind of working with a team where I was like, this is kind of my general vision. I would hope if we could stay close, but I also, I'm like, I'm giving up control and I want you to write something around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was tough for me. I got to say like giving up that control was, was pretty hard, but yeah, man, that yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to put this out, but also mm-hmm. it's been so much more work than I could have ever imagined. Um, it's going to be about an hour film. Wow. Um, so it's like for, it's like basically one long music video that has a full story throughout the whole album. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a super down tempo album. I've been making more bassier stuff lately, but this album's yeah. definitely just like a vibe journey. Awesome. Yeah. That's interesting because for me, I feel like um, I'm so in the flow with like film making and editing these days. I could probably fill an hour up in a way that I felt pretty confident about a film before I could with music. Are right. you saying with you, the music comes pretty quick and then the film? Yeah, a little more painstaking. Oh my god, yeah. Because like I got used <laughs> to working alone. I got used to like just mm-hmm. being in the studio and just making whatever at whatever time that I wanted. You know, there was no schedule, right. like real schedule or anything. So, um, it was a definitely a different process, man. Like, and you know, we went big with it. I think that was the other thing that took out so much energy is like. We were not messing around. Like some of our ideas, like we would, <laughs> we would wake up each day. Like when we like had our film days, it was a 22, uh, 22 day film shoot, um, with very little breaks. And we would wake up every day and be like, all right, we wrote this down and we have a plan to do it. But like, are we, are we taking this too far, man? Like this is, this is wild. Um, mm. but yeah, I'm excited to like, we finally got, we're getting close to a final edit. So really excited to start sharing this. Yeah, I kind of know what it's like when something starts to just feel like a lot more work than you signed up for. And uh, the the silver lining in that for me is after the fact and after it's done and you've kind of like settled down after that chapter a little bit, it's always so fond memories. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Even through all the frustration and work and whatnot. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Even looking back, I'm like, all right, there was some good moments for sure, but God, I just remember my like stress levels were just like I just put so much into it, and it was mm-hmm. so scary and such a risk because I was putting in so much money, and mm-hmm. yeah, that was a lot. But looking back, I'm like super thankful. And yeah, glad I went for it. It's gonna be awesome. Is there anything you can share about when that might drop, or the title on that, or, or not yet? Um, so the title is most. It's still a working title. Um, right for right now, it's called Here. Um, basically the story is just about someone's entire life, um, from Mm -hmm. like birth to death. And then that like recycle, um, that was kind of the general idea that I gave to the writer director. Um, and she kind of built the whole world off of this, but, um, we're hoping that it drops next year. Um, we're going to start submitting to like film festivals and stuff like that. Probably at the end of this year. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, So, yeah, I've got a couple of notes here. Uh, The first thing I have is that we did a premiere of your track Far Away with Time Wheel. Yeah. 
I wanted uh, just to, to know what your kind of, uh, you know, viewpoint is on that track and, and what you were trying to express with those tracks. It was very beautiful, just Thank extremely you. like timeless. Yeah, just kind of spatial beauty. I, it's hard to describe, but it's, Thank it's you, a man. really Thank amazing you. track. And it, yeah, thank you. And it's an honor, though, that you did it with us. So I really appreciate it. Of course. Um, yeah, that one was one of those where I don't know if I like initially started it with any kind of story in mind. Um, that was one of those ones that came out in like pretty much a day. Mm, wow. Uh, awesome. Pretty much one day in the studio. I actually don't even think. I was in my studio at the time. I think I was just on headphones on my computer. I don't even think I like, Mm -hmm. maybe some of it was in my studio, but anyway, um, yeah, that one came out quick. And like, I don't remember there really being like a specific story around it. I was just like, I think all of my music, the main goal I'm always trying to do is combine this world of like bass and sound design and like crunchiness Mm -hmm. with the soft, airy, floaty, beautiful stuff you know i think i've always been a fan like you know the reason i started making music was bonobo he's like one of my biggest inspirations and uh, awesome so i love that like down tempo world so much but mm-hmm. i also love the bass world and i'm like can i can i find ways to like meld these in a way that makes sense and i think that one was like for me it feels like i'm i it was my first track that i really started to touch on this thing that i've been trying to get to you know. mm, that's awesome well i think you yeah. did it i think you did a Thanks, great man. job <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's very cool and it does kind of blend the two worlds of like that down tempo alternative with the you know the bass world the bass right. music world um because yeah i feel like there's been a slow evolution of what bass music is over the past decade and where it's at now it does feel like it's reached this really melodic textured mm-hmm. place and not just about what's the screechiest weirdest dubbiest (laughs) you know yeah just like strangest almost like bass waves you could make um and yeah now it's it's really evolved into more of a kind of like a um a world almost like these you know like i can't really say i could get lost in dubstep like traditional you know early 2000s dubstep the way i can with music like yours especially during like psychedelics or meditation oh my god it just wouldn't (laughs) be the same vibe but what's really cool is the people that have the appreciation for that like serious tone of the bass and how it provides this mood um now in the journey space it's it's welcomed because it's accompanied by angelic soaring just beauty you know what i mean right right that's a really awesome hybrid that you've got going there. Thanks, man. Um, I did want to say as well, I, I listened to uh, the Somatost album, and you had a remix on there of, I want to call it Kiko Hill? Kikoa Hill, yeah. Kikoa Hill. Yeah. And that was actually one of my favorite tracks on the album. I loved Thanks, uh, a handful of them, but that one, yeah, that hit. Um, how did that happen between you guys? Because that's, that's an incredible track. He reached out to me uh, asking to do a remix, and... At the time, I was doing a lot of remixes, and I was a little bit on that side where I'm like, okay, I need to start like turning down remixes and working on some originals. But you know what their selling point was for me is that they were going to put it on vinyl, and I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll do the remix. Um, That's awesome. I mean, I was I was a real I've always been a fan of Sumatos, so mm-hmm. I mean, it was a cool opportunity for me. Um, but yeah, at the time, I was like, ooh, vinyl too. Um, 
But yeah, that one was a fun one, man. Like I, again, same world, just trying to combine this like down tempo kind of feel with this like bass section. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually hired a, a quartet for the end of that track. Oh, wow. Um, there's a quartet that they're based out of uh, Prague that I use quite a bit. Yeah, um, you know, I wondered. I was like, are, are you getting these sounds through some type of like, you know, MIDI keyboard or programs? Because they're so, yeah, they're so good. I was like, I would need yeah. to ask him. So, so you're actually using real yeah, instruments. Yeah, I would That's say awesome. almost everything I have out that has strings in it, aside from maybe a couple older tracks, like almost everything I have out that has any strings in it is this quartet. Um, Amazing. Yeah. And it's expensive, man. Like, you know, I am, it's just mm-hmm. worth it to me. I'm like, I, I, there's no real VST out there. That's, that's going to emulate strings as well as like a real, mm-hmm. as real strings. So, totally. and I feel like it's such an integral part of like my sound that I think it's worth it. That's um, awesome. I mean, that really awesome. takes the even appreciation to a new level. Cause you know, I, I know music and I know you can get pretty much any sound digitally these days, but right. to actually go that extra step to bring the authentic vibrations in, um, that's really cool. And that right. does to set it that's apart. Great. Awesome. Um, also, your track, uh, Kalasia. Is, is that how you say it? I, I, Kailasa, I think. Kailasa? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I love it. I think it was on an album um, that Kalozi had curated. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And do you know like how she found that? Or did you submit that? Or how did that all go Dude, down? Because that, that track like, is right sick. place, right time kind of a thing. Um, I made that track. And I was like, ah, oh, this would, like, I feel like Kalozi would dig this. Like, I was like... Mm-hmm. This is kind of a per alley. Yeah, it is. And I think I just emailed Gravitas and I was like, yo, I've got this track kind of feels like in your guys' wheelhouse. And they sent an email back going weird timing. We're actually making a compilation for Closey. We'll send it to her. See if yeah. she likes it. They sent it to her. She ended up loving it and they, they put it on. So like, I was kind of just right place, right time. I was really, like, <laughs> I remember when I first got that news, I was like, wow, like, I feel like a little kid, man. I was like so excited about that. Was trying that angle of music a new thing for you? or Because it felt a little fresh, you know? Like that sure. track felt like a fresh take on your sound a bit. Yeah, that was new for sure. Um, I've always been inspired by Closey, you know? Just like that kind of world element to her music. Um, and I think I just, I don't know, I stumbled across these like vocals and I was like, Oh, this is going to be epic. And I just, again, I'm always trying to like figure out some cool textures and sound design. And this, again, that was another one that came out pretty quick. Um, yeah, it was just, again, right place, right time. I'm just super thankful. Impressive. Impressive. (laughs) So I have a little bit of a funny story on this one. I, um, I was listening to your Spotify and I had walked away um, and I heard another track start playing and I assumed it had went on to the next artist. Cause I was literally just listening to this artist Tuesday and I was like, Oh, Oh, Simrit came on like right. automatic. And I came back fully expecting it to be Simmer, but it was still you. <laughs> and I was like, I literally, my jaw dropped. I was like, Oh my God, you've worked with Simrit because I, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of her music and as well, I take a yoga class with her husband. Jai Dev. Oh, he's, uh, Jai Dev's amazing. He's fucking awesome. Yeah, he's great. So how did that happen? And that's just super cool and felt very synchronistic um, that you have worked with Simrit as well. 
Yeah, that one. I was living in Nevada City at the time. That's where um, they live. Oh, okay. Um, and I was just kind of connected in that community. And I, I want to say Aquanimous is like kind of closer with, he was like working with Simmer at the time. And she was like, hey, I kind of want to put out some remixes. And mm. he connected us. Um, that's how it all came to be. And that was, mm-hmm. that was a while ago. But I was, I was really excited about that one, especially after hearing those vocals. And yeah. I mean, she's she's so talented. So it was like such a blessing for me to be able to work with those stems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, kiddos on all all the music, all the endeavors, everything sounding good. And Thanks. I did just want to say too, I felt like um, you figured out your branding, you figured out your identity almost from the beginning and it stayed very cohesive. It really feels like it's all part of a similar thing, you know, because I know other artists uh have this kind of evolution you want you really can see the evolution like oh well that covers way better than that early cover and this right. that type of thing but you have felt it has felt like it came out like almost whole and it's just like stuck to this story is there anything you can say about how you've wanted to like bring the the story of you know um your aesthetic and and the cohesiveness of everything together and maybe what is what is it you're trying to accomplish with with what you're doing here well i mean first of all it's it's really good to even hear that um because in my head i'm always still like is my branding on point you know i'm still like (laughs) questioning that constantly but um yeah i don't know i you know i i design all my album covers at least you know 90 percent of them um I think I've just, I've always been, you know, before I was like really getting into music, I was pretty into like graphic design. I was doing like a lot of album art for people. So I always like liked the aspect of designing a visual piece to accompany music. Right. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't think like when I started, I wasn't like, oh, this needs to look like this. I think it's just always kind of making what feels good to me and what I want to see. And it's the Mm -hmm. same with music. Like I'm just making the music that I would want to hear yeah, like live or whatever. So same with the art and like all the branding, I kind of feel like I'm just making what I would want to see. And I don't really know if there's like a super cohesive idea, you know, consciously in my head Mm -hmm. around that. But if you say that it all connects and it all works together, that makes me happy. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Wow. It just sounds like a very natural thing going on yeah. here. You're just kind of like painting, you know, yeah. just, this is how <laughs> I'm going to go. Boom. That's cool. Right. Very cool. Um, well, I did want to get into this subject of, um, you know, psychedelics, spirituality. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have experience with psychedelics? Definitely. Um, yeah, I was that kind start? of a late bloomer. <laughs> um, okay. I think like college was when I first had my first psychedelic experience. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a slow process. Like, you know, in high school, I didn't really do much. I was, you know, kind of just, you know, I'd go out and like party and stuff, but it was, it was pretty minimal with the things I was trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once I got to college, I want to say it was like sophomore year. So I might've been like, I don't know, 19 around there. And, uh, yeah, my first experience was with mushrooms. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, I was scared like anyone else. I didn't know what to expect. But, you know, I was going to college in Monterey, which was like literally the, when I think back to it, I'm like, this is the perfect place mm-hmm. to have had my first experience. Just because like the nature and the beaches, you got Big Sur right there. I mean, there's just, oh, nice. it is so gorgeous out there and kind of not that populated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember we took like, I think it was like three of us. We took like half an eighth and each you know i went to the beach and like the beach is there there's no one man like you're like there's these you're literally looking for miles i mean it's cold so no one's like swimming and it kind of makes sense but dude you have the whole beach to yourself so i think that experience really like just gave me the best experience that i possibly i possibly could yeah the setting was on point setting was on point and that's always like number one with these things and Mm-hmm. yeah man it just it opened me up to like i would not be who i am today if it wasn't for one that initial experience and of course the the few after that mm-hmm. but i always come back to that first experience like that first time where you're like oh my god like i can see you know uh, right wow like i remember my first my biggest epiphany it sounds silly now but my biggest epiphany at the time was like god i worry so much Mm-hmm. I remember being like, I'm like my whole life. I'm like worried about the future, the things that I like. I'm trying to do. Is this going to happen? And I'm like, God, I just everything's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've shared a similar sentiment um, in the past on the podcast, and I kind of think of it as, um, you know, our brain is hardwired to detect threats in the environment. And if we think back to times of, you know, cavemen and these types of things, like you would need to actually be that hyper aware and overthinking almost of the environment and its hazards. Today's environment is pretty cush. It's pretty comfy. You know, we're, we've got a lot uh, more time to not worry about all that stuff. So, but like our brain is still this thing that has come from where we came from. So it's, it's, psychedelics in a way and it does make sense to me the whole stoned ape theory are helping us evolve and showing us hey look there's not a threat in our environment right now like we can actually let our guard down we can actually take in the environment and feel this sense of bliss that is always accessible but we're just just it's so funny how close it is at all times if we just know how to shift into it you know what i mean Right. Um, but yeah, it's that kind of monkey mind that's just like constantly like this, 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 this. It's, it's looking for threats to save you. It's It's got your best interest at heart in the sense of your survival. But sometimes we don't, it, it's just running its own little hamster wheel. And there's no need to really do that, you know? Right. right. <laughs> yeah, that's why I've found um, a lot of alleviation from the depression I was experiencing as a teenager just from growing up, you know, like from these things. And it it tends to last months and years and even, you know, forever in the sense that you have that impression. Now you, you remember, you can think back to this time um, and, and, you know, more or less put yourself there or use several tools at your disposal, like breath work or meditation or, you know, ice baths or, or all these types of, uh, environments that really bring you back into that state of just being hyper aware in the moment in the now, um, to get out of any kind of like head trips that we might be on, you know? Um, what, what would you speak to as far as like how psychedelics have impacted your mental health or maybe even like your sense of 
the spiritual dimension that that exists for for us all <laughs> that's a loaded question but um <laughs> yeah i mean or even your creativity you know no, for sure. It seems yeah, like your creativity I mean, is just flowing out. So that's awesome. For sure. It's definitely helped all those things, man. I, you know, I, I gotta say, I haven't really dabbled in quite a few years. I feel like there was a period there where I was just like, I kind of feel like I've learned what I needed to from like going super hard on psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think now I'm kind of more in this like microdose, uh, place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I gotta like. I mean, again, I test who I am now, you know, and the creativity and like my outlook on the world and the outlook on myself. Just like I think it has a lot to do with knowing who you are, and I think I think there's so many ways to figure out who you are and become closer and deeper connected to yourself as a person mm-hmm. in the world. Um, but I. I for me in my path and what worked for me, I think psychedelics brought me to that place and like mm-hmm. helped me see, Oh, like this is who I am. This is what I'm attracted to. This is what I like feel like I'm here to do. And I feel like psychedelics helped me discover all that. Right. And yeah, I just, I would not be where I am or who I am today if it wasn't for those experiences. And mm-hmm. yeah, super thankful. Yeah. That's beautiful. So yeah, it sounds like it unveiled, you know, some type of confidence in in your path or your purpose. Right. That right. that I definitely um, say the same thing because right. <laughs> it's like there's always this seed that knows within us what we're capable of or maybe why what we want to do, but there's all this, you know, like many layers of doubts that can seep in and then push those things you really want to do into the future. Um, or you'll say like, I'll finally do it when this, this, or this, but psychedelics, you know, in my mind have shown, um, now is the time, right. You know, (laughs) it's like, it's now, (laughs) right. (laughs) Do it. Like, this is what you want to do. Do it. Exactly. It almost makes it just so simple and easy. It's, it, it can't, what's funny though is it can't be told. Like you can't just tell someone, Oh yeah, just do it. Like, they have to have that experience themselves. You right. Know? And like really feel that, that understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think I, 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 I am kind of feeling like maybe I need to like dive back in at some point. Um, but yeah, lately I'm just kind of like bringing my, I guess my spiritual practice back to the basics. Um, yeah. I would say like the past, you know, like I would say the first half of this year, like I had like a couple just like rough patches, just like mentally, like just not feeling great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like not trusting where I am, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to bring it back to the basics and like pull myself out of this. And like the first thing I started doing was just gratitude every morning, Yeah, you know, like not opening my phone first thing in the morning and just like, and just writing down the things I'm thankful for. And I'm like, I, I was going to do a 30 day challenge. I'm on like day 60 now, like without skipping a day. Like it's just become a habit when I wake up in the morning, I like write down the things I'm thankful for. And it's so simple. Like this stuff I learned years ago, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like gratitude. I've just, I've reeled it back in. I was like, you know what? Like these simple techniques really work, you know? Right. 
<clears throat> so I, I think do. that's all these kind of experiences with psychedelics has led me to this place where I'm like, yes, psychedelics have helped me, but I think these, there's such simple practices out there that actually don't take much effort or time mm-hmm. that can pull you into the place that you want to be in. You know? Right. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. That, um, I probably sound like a broken record to anyone that listens to my show because I've said <laughs> this on like every show, but it, it, it literally has said to me, you know, it's a miracle to be here. Don't waste it. And that the sense of gratitude that comes with realizing that this is a miracle, like it's, it's immense. It's, right. and that's, it's almost life-changing if, if yeah. not for sure life-changing. Um, just because you, you see that th- this is a very special experience. Um, and it's, it's so weird to know that so many people are born and die and never have an experience like that. Right. And, and maybe it's, that's why things like, you know, enlightenment are a word or like waking up or being awake to what this all is, is like a trope or like a meme in the culture. Um, because, yeah, it's almost like we're sleepwalking if we don't know how grateful this is. Because I've certainly been in those parts of my life where it's like I could see how ungrateful I was and I could see how I was focusing on the negative and I could see how I was taking things for granted. Um, and then after a handful of these experiences that, you know, shifted me to this more gratitude-centered way of living... Um, it's just like, how does everyone not know this? Like, we all need to know this. And that's right. been like a large push for why I'm doing this show, why Time Will exists in general, is to try and spread this message of like this open-hearted, this gratitude, this beauty, this art, this music, this philosophy, you know, like all these things that have impacted me and changed my life from, you know, like completely 360 or, or however, you know, you would say it is I'm definitely living like a new chapter of what it feels like to be alive and it's it's just like i just want to share that with people you know what i mean right that's super cool yeah i mean i'm i i I agree with you on that i feel like i'm i'm kind of the same mission as you you know i think i just you know i'm trying to do it through sound i think i've always really appreciated um telling things in a way that's not so direct you know, expressing things in a way that's a little bit open for everyone's own experience. I think that's why I fell in love with like instrumental music, you know, mm-hmm. like you can get so much from it just on its own without the story being so like, Hey, this is what you need to do. You know? And I think that's why I kind of moved into music. Cause I'm like, Oh, like I can express these feelings and this kind of, you know, quote unquote way of life or, you know, viewpoints through just like sound yeah. and like I, you know i think that felt like my move because yeah you know i don't i don't talk much about spirituality anymore i think i think i feel like over the years it's become this kind of <sighs> cliche a little bit like it's become I know what you mean you know what i'm saying there's become this stigma around it where i'm like mm-hmm I, I kind of, I almost became a little bit like pulled back from it. I almost went to the other extreme mm-hmm. for a while, 
Um, you know, I was way on the spiritual side in my like young, like early twenties. I was like full on, you know, like always talking about it, always expressing these spiritual concepts. Right. And then I was like, I slowly started to like become a little bit repulsed by it. I was like, God, I don't, I don't want to be that anymore. And then I swung to the other spectrum where I was like, basically no spirituality was in my life or in my consciousness. Mm-hmm. And now I kind of feel like I'm right back in the middle where like, I really appreciate it. And I still feel those things. I feel like I do my best to live those things. Yeah. But I don't, I feel like I don't regurgitate it like I used to. And I feel like I personally within my life, enjoy that balance because I can express and live those things and be those things and just create music that, you know, right. emulates those things without having yeah. to be like, Hey, this is, you should be doing this and like doing, saying all the things that I, that's I a used. very interesting point. And I think that it actually shows a sense of spiritual maturity because right. I exactly know what you're saying. Cause when this all first happened to me too, I was that ranting and raving friend, right? I was absolutely trying to pull everyone on with force. <laughs> With force, <laughs> like, you know, not actual force, but I mean, no, like, real, no, yeah. seriously, dude, like, seriously consider this, dude, like, on the real, <laughs> you know, um, so, versus, and, and I feel a similar thing with you now where, you know, this podcast is one of the places I really get to share um, these viewpoints because after years of doing that, you know, it, it doesn't work. Right. Like, it doesn't pull people on, you know, oh. and, and it doesn't even matter. And in fact probably the better way to go about it is to just be the example right? and and not even share. Don't even, you don't have to every day someone's over talking about this, that, and the other thing as far as your spiritual life and like, you know, trying to like, and I know what you're saying too about this like um, repulsion. And I feel like at least for me, it happened because of the, what do they call it? The echo chamber of social media. Oh, right. Where, you know, <laughs> yeah. algorithms pull to you things that you see or, or engage in or watch yeah. more than other things. And at a point, you know, Facebook and Instagram and things were showing me pretty much only spiritual stuff. And, you know, we know the world is a lot more than that. Right. Um, but it became very over, uh, just like, I didn't know this much, this these many accounts and this many, this many people were talking so vehemently about these topics you know until that algorithm is like pulling it to you like crazy and then you start to see like this is a little crazy you know like like i'm not agreeing with a lot of these things and then i started to slowly learn um and kudos to other podcasts out there like third eye drops with michael phillip because i've listened to his show a bunch and i feel like it's it's like very it's spiritually aimed but it's grounding and it's like how to like actually have actionable conversations and not just airy fairy ones you know right. we're, we're here to be human right mm-hmm. so it's like when we when we get so far into the spiritual world like you're you're not even on the ground you're not you're not being a human you know right. like yeah i yeah i'm with you on that yeah sure. yeah this and a lot of it has to do with yeah the social media thing because it, it is a way to market ourselves in this era it's kind of like you kind of have to be on if you if you want to get your message out but you know, we're, we're going to see the things that the algorithm is going to pull towards us. And, and slowly but surely, you just see that there's just a lot of, st- like, not um, really thought out content in this space. Right. Right. And I think actually philosophizing about spirituality is is a better way to 
have these conversations instead of just put it out there as like blanket truth. And right. this is, this is me preaching. This is me on my soapbox. And, you know, I saw enough soapbox people and then I was like, okay, like I did take <laughs> a little bit of like a, you know, step away as well. And I did, I used to have a podcast called psychedelic spirituality podcast that we laid to rest. And then for years it went by that I wasn't speaking on this type of stuff until, um, I just got inspired to, you know, create this show. And, and then I, I, I noticed that a lot of creators, especially ones that I resonate with do use psychedelics as some type of, um, spiritual recharge or, um, creative, outlet where they're they're gaining inspiration for what they're putting out into the world so that's very interesting um well i wanted to mention this earlier but you talked about how music can kind of say these things too without really putting it into words i'm I'm curious well what are your thoughts on what goes on with music you know how are these tones influencing how we feel um how do you see music kind of as a as an art form and and what it's able to do because it's it's very clear that certain sounds can evoke certain emotions within us you know and right. other sounds can you know there are scary <laughs> sounds right there's beautiful sounds and um how, how do you feel like this art form is is impacting people you know i mean yeah it's it's again another really really tough one because so much of it is hard to express in words but mm-hmm. I'll do my best. And I think, um, you know, music is storytelling. We're telling stories. And like, I'm a filmmaker at heart. So like, I'm always going to kind of come back to like the visual aspect, but you know, you look at genres of film, there's people that love like horror films that make you feel like scared (laughs) and like nervous. And then there's like films that are, you know, some that really inspire, like, I don't know if you've ever seen Arrival or like, um, there's films out there that are like really like have a strong message and Mm. they can be kind of vague sometimes, but there's just stuff out there that's telling stories that alter the way you think. Mm -hmm. And it's a little easier with film because there's so much you can say and so much you can do, and it can be very clear and direct. Um, and I feel like music is the same thing. It's like you are telling stories and it's like, what story do you want to tell? Um, God, it's a really tough one, but mm-hmm. I, I guess I just feel like, you know, if, if my songs were a movie, it would be more of a story around the way we perceive reality, mm-hmm. you know? And I I don't know. And I, I guess that, in, that intention, right? Like the stories I care about, whether it's movies or other songs, like live within me. So like the stories I really resonate with, they live here. And whenever I create, whether it's like super conscious and intentional or not, like, I think that comes through. Um, Cause at the end of the day, like we as humans love stories. I think it's, it's our one, I think we've been doing it forever, you know, for eons. Like we've been telling stories as a way to teach, as a way to learn, as a way to grow. Because for some reason as humans, that's, it's our easiest way to like really grasp a concept. Um, And so I guess I feel like I try to do that through sound. Um, Mm -hmm. 
you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a really tough one to like describe in words, but I think that's yeah. the best I got for you. Well, it shows, it shows that there's just this level of intuition going on with how it's flowing through you. It's just right. like you, you know what the feeling is and, and how to play it. And it doesn't even matter if you can describe it or not. Right. You know, it's just like flowing through. That's really cool. You know, like well, a lot of musicians are. That you can't describe sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think describing things can sometimes decrease value. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my favorite movies, like they're like, oh, like, you know, people are like, what's it about? I'm like, I can't really totally <laughs> describe what it's about, but it, it does something to me. It hits you. And I think there's sometimes more power in that than being able to fully describe something in words. That's true. I love, I do love when films um, leave it a little open-ended. Right. And you're left wondering to make your own connections. And then in fact, like even all these like Reddit forums will, will, will pop up about like people debating on, no, it means this. No, it means that. It's yeah, like, right. That's a good form of art. If you're able I love to, that. Yeah. you know, yeah. What are some of your favorite movies? Like you have any movies you would recommend? Cause you said one there, Arrival. Arrival. I'll have, I'll have to I mean, check you know, it out. The cool thing about Arrival is they like, kind of branded it as a little bit more of this like just alien kind of blockbuster but mm-hmm. man the way they per- portray time I, mean, I don't really want to say more than that because i think you should go see it but like the way they portray time i think is just so beautiful so yeah i just i love movies that i walk away and go like and it just sticks with me and i'm like whoa like i feel like i actually perceive reality differently um yeah. you know going even far back like i think Back in the day, Inception did the same thing for me. You know, like Love Inception. Um, I remember seeing that and just going like, "Whoa!" Like I, it it altered the way that I feel, the way that I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, God, it's it's. There's a lot of. I mean, I have a whole. I do. I love movies so much. Yeah. Like I remember the first thing that did that for me was The Matrix. Right, and I was right. a kid. You know, yeah. I was I think ten years old. Yeah. And I saw it and it did something to me where I then realized I was in a system. Right. You know, like before I never thought about it. I was just, no, this is what it means to be a kid. Then I started looking around like, whoa, I I see (laughs) see the matrix. Totally. (laughs) That's the coolest thing about art is we can literally shift people's perspective. Like I feel like we, you know, certain art, you know, certain really powerful pieces can like even alter someone's DNA. I really do believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, God, yeah, I'm trying to think of some other films. Um, there's this one called Upstream Color that's like super, super abstract. Um, really art, like definitely a very like big art house film, but I love it. And I don't know why. And that's another, that's probably the biggest movie where people are like, Oh, that's one of your favorite movies. Tell me what it's about. And I'm like, I literally could never even get close to describing what that movie's about because it's so abstract. <laughs> but I just like intuitively, I watched that film and I'm like, this guy's saying something huge. Wow. And I can't express it in words, but I feel it when I watch that movie. That's awesome. What was it called one more time? Upstream Color. Extreme? Upstream. Upstream Color. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right, it's, I'm gonna check it out. It's a wild one, man. It's I I don't think that's a movie everyone's gonna love because it's so abstract and different. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I love it. I resonate with it. Yeah, I mean, film is 
itself, you know, a form of art that can take so many shapes, you know, from linear storytelling to actual abstract, you know, like completely random scenes that, you know, the director knows why they're tied together, but the audience is going to take some work. Right. This one definitely <laughs> takes work for sure. Cool. <laughs> I like that. I like forms of art that, that ask you to kind of participate. Right. You know, yeah, be a part of just it. like, yeah, it's just another Fast and Furious. Right. And I, I love the Fast and Furious, but at a point, like growing up, I, it was one of my favorite movies. But at a point, you're just like, oh my God, it's the same thing over and over again. No, you know? like, now they're FBI agents? Is that what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> How? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a wild one. <laughs> that's funny. Um, as far as like Inception goes and, and dreams, did how do you, how is your dream life? Do you have dreams? Are they crazy? Are they pretty chill? Or Dude, you have I lucid used dreams? To. I don't have crazy dreams anymore. Maybe I'm paying less attention, but mm-hmm. man, I remember like 2012 era. I was having insane, like, I feel like I was learning in my dreams. Yeah. Like I would wake up and be like, whoa, someone just like came to me in a dream and taught me this crazy concept. Like I would have these insane dreams. I remember having dreams that would like, I would wake up from the dream and I would be in my room and then I'd wake up again. And I would like actually have these Mm -hmm. waking up multiple times and like having trouble knowing what's real anymore. Yep. And I think that's why inception hit so hard at the time. I was like, dude, this is, Mm -hmm. there's something to this because I was, you know, learning a lot i don't know if you've ever seen waking life that's another that's another one of my favorite films like you know again like just this dream world there's something to it you know and yeah lately for some reason the past couple of years i haven't really had any where i wake up and go like whoa but Mm -hmm. there was a good like five year span there where i was like i would almost wake up tired because i'm like dude i've been doing work all night yeah (laughs) i know what you mean it's 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 kind of weird though because apparently when we have dreams we're in a deeper sleep and you would think that would be more restful right at the same time when your mind keeps going it doesn't feel like you got sleep and and I remember I used to work at the grocery store um, when I was like 16 to, I think, 19. Um, I would have these dreams because I'd been working all week about now I'm working for free in my dreams. <laughs> yeah. Literally, I just did a nine-hour shift in my dream. <laughs> it's you like, know? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It is so weird in dreams, too, though, how it can feel like not only hours but days. Like the time, the sense of time. Right. Like I've had dreams that it felt like weeks. Right. It's like, oh yeah, I had a dream for about two weeks where all this happened. And then you wake up and then it's like, it's been 15 minutes, you know, if you right. ask someone or check the clock. And it's like, whoa, what is happening wow. there, you know? Yeah. That's kind of what psychedelics do too. For sure. They yeah. unpack time in this way that your mind is free from it. And that's kind of the concept of the time wheel, you know, which is like this, it's weird. It's a weird one, but it's almost like everything has already happened. Right. And it's, we're the dust in the wind to experience it all. And it's, yeah, it's one of those things you can't really put into words, but it's so weird how sometimes we can see our future or know why our past was what our past was or, 
you know, I've had prophetic dreams um, since I was a kid and they were never about anything really impactful. It was random occurrences. It right. was like, why did the next day after I had a dream of someone saying this, someone in real life said it? Right. It, it wasn't like this big, uh, like God moment, but it was like, I saw that before, like just last night in my dream. Like, what the hell? You know? Right. Have you ever had a dream like that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, so weird. But again, it's been years. I, I kind of miss it. I wonder if I can like. Do you smoke all- cannabis? No. So I, I'm, I'm on a break with that too. And I, I realized like, I, you know, I know that whole thing too, like smoking before bed, like you kind of yeah. dream, you still dream, but you don't remember your dreams as much. Mm-hmm. Um, which I have a theory on that too. I'm like, I wonder if it's because it's like, you know, cannabis in general is pulling you into a high, like a, you know, quote unquote spiritual realm. Let's just say yep. it's like taking you out of the, earthly plane a little bit even though just for a little and i think that's what dreams do mm-hmm. so I, mean, I guess my theory on that is like oh like if you're smoking during the day like you're you already went there a little bit you know mm-hmm. and so maybe maybe you remember less like i don't know that's that's my best theory on that i've, I've had that thought exactly yeah. um which is more or less that cannabis uses up our dream juice while we're awake right and so yeah. you know you don't have it to send you to those crazy dimensions when you're asleep. And then if you take a break for one to three days, um, it comes back with a vengeance. (laughs) It's like, here's some big dreams right here. You've been missing all this. It's almost like trying to give you everything you missed out on, you know, totally all at once. (laughs) Because I remember that was a thing. Like when I've taken, you know, a handful of cannabis breaks, I'm, I'm usually a day, a daily user, but, um, taking a handful of breaks. And I just remember uh, the first two, three nights, it's like the dreams are freaking crazy. Like, why am I dreaming about dinosaur alien invasions? So literally like the craziest, (laughs) weirdest shit ever. It's like dinosaurs are coming off of UFOs and like infiltrating the city with body armor. It's like, where's this coming from? Yeah. (laughs) I remember. Yeah. I remember those initial breaks too. I've been on a pretty long, like I would say I'm almost pretty much done with, with weed in general, but I do remember those initial breaks where I'm just like, whoa. Right. Um, Are you able to speak on why you feel like it's kind of served its purpose and you're ready to step away? Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. I think at some point, you know, I was, I was from my college on, there was, I was constantly smoking weed. (laughs) Like Mm. there was just a lot of it involved in my life. And I think at some point, it started like I used to be like, you know, I was getting straight A's in college. Like I was still mm-hmm. smoking every day. I was getting straight A's. I was getting all my shit done. I was like productive. I was creative. Um, there was a lot of benefits. And I think the further, you know, as I grew up and as I started to smoke more and more, I think at some point, like the effects started to switch for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, like I'm not actually really creative anymore. Like it's actually kind of, all like stopping me from creating stopping me from you know being productive um all all the things that it was benefiting me before ceased and so i was like okay i think that's enough for me you know that's a that's enough for me to be like okay i don't don't actually need this right now um every now and then i'll like pop back in there just to check you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like you know what's this world like again and usually i'm always a little bit like yeah it's it feels done yeah yeah 
That's a good story, though. Um, I've shared a similar story and which has inspired some of those breaks, you know, um, which is just like it's not really helping. It's, if anything, making me think too much. You right. Know? Right. Um, whereas at the beginning, I was getting all the relief. Right. I was getting relief from overthinking, you know, and just like being more in the now. And then, yeah, but uh, yeah, after some amount of time, it, it switches. And then it's like, I feel better when I'm not smoking. What the hell? Right. Yeah. You know? Um, it's interesting for people to, you know, kind of take stock in that. Um, and they should, because they should really pay attention to how, how is it making them feel? Because it's easy to get into a habitual relationship where it's just what you do. Right. And you don't even question how you feel, you know, like, does it help? Does it hurt? You just do it because it's automatic for you. It's just what you do in the morning or in the evening or whenever you, you take it. And for me, that was like a heartbreaking thing because I was like feeling like I found this perfect remedy. Like this is what I've been searching for my whole life. Right. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lifelong toker, you know, like, right. and then it did feel like, ah, oh, it's betrayed me. Like, yeah. <laughs> what is it doing? You know? Um, but it's funny is after like, you know, my, my more recent break was three weeks after I came back to it, it was like a shamanic experience. Right. I literally was like having visions and I couldn't have talked to anyone or done anything. Like I was in a, I was in the throes of like a visionary experience. And, you know, like I would probably say like 25% like where a DMT can take you. Dang. That um, far. Yeah. A three week break. Yeah. Three week break. And then a big long rip. It, it was like for three yeah. hours straight. I was in it. It's just and full on tripping. Yeah. For sure. And then I was a little bit like, whoa, how the hell was I doing this every day, all day, in a sense? Um, right. And But it did just really recalibrate. And I feel like I, I know a better time to use it now. Um, and just more in touch with that, you know, like it's like mm-hmm. use it strategically, not just automatically. Right. You know? right. Um, but I do feel like there is going to be a, a time where it's just like, like what you're saying. It's like, meh, well it's done what it's done and I'm better yeah. off without it. And that's, yeah, again, for people that are big stoners, it could be a heartbreaking thing. Cause some people get tattoos of weed, right? It's like, they Dude, love it. We, we love ritual as humans. Like we love the idea of like, you know, cause there, that's the one thing I miss the most is like packing a bowl or like rolling a spliff. Like I like, yeah. I love that ritual of like, mm-hmm. you know, waking up, having some coffee rolling something sitting right. there enjoying my morning not doing anything like that ritual is so nice i really do miss that in some aspects so right. i get why it's heartbreaking for some people you know? yeah for sure yeah. there's other things out there but i wouldn't say they're good for the morning but um right. have you ever heard of blue lotus mm, yes it's you can smoke it there's smoking blends of blue lotus i know um, about like tinctures yeah, it's the same right. thing they put in the tinctures. Okay, nice. Um, but it's just the raw flower. That's and it, nice. It's a it's a sedative. Um, yeah. It's not super strong. It's not super psychoactive. Um, at least not in the quantities I've smoked it. Um, but it does something. You know, you it's get cool. to roll. You get to smoke it, and it's you know pretty healthy. I would say in comparison um, right. to <laughs> you know tobacco or anything. So it's. But it gives you this kind of like really like chilled out, you know, almost. Have you tried kava before? Um, in like drinks, yes, yeah. yeah so it's similar vibe, similar kava to okay. kava, That's cool. right? Yeah. 
Very cool. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you going on this little journey with me. Um, I would like to ask what's on the horizon. You know, what have you got working right now? What are you excited about? You know, what's what's coming up? Um, yeah, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I'm, you know, making a lot of because because I have this, you know, album that's like mostly super down tempo and not much focus on sound design. It's just general like good vibe story you know it's simple i like was really trying to simplify this album so anyway now that that's like almost done and gonna come out sometime next year i've been really exploring the other side which is like heavy sound design heavy bass still you know my element of both worlds connected but yeah i would say just to expect within the next like six months or so just to i'm probably just going to be putting out a lot of like bassier singles mm-hmm. um I did just finish a remix for Parangi and uh, Liquid Bloom. Which I'm oh, really I, saw, I saw that on your story. That's so dope. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about that one. I like... Mm-hmm. Actually, this is kind of a cool story. I So, in my past, I would say the past like three years, mm-hmm. every time I took like a decent dose of like mushrooms or DMT, I would get these, this sounds a bit out there, but I would get these like auditory glimpses of what my future sound was going to sound like. Mm. And it would be so real. Like I, I remember I had this one mushroom trip. The first time this happened was like three years ago. And I was just sitting there like meditating, enjoying, I was like alone. Like just, I think I took like, you know, close to half an eighth, like by myself, just yep. chilling out in the desert, meditating. And I would like, I had this like, this flash and like, auditory like i could hear what it was going to sound like and i'm like i'm like wow like after especially three years ago or two years ago i was like that's that's like trippy <laughs> i'm like mm-hmm. i'm like that's like really trippy sounds i'm like I, in my head i'm like that's what it's gonna sound like that's crazy <laughs> um it was very like almost shamanic um it was almost like tipper-esque sounds like very like Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of ear candy, lots of like weird little trippy sounds with like crunchier bass. And then mm-hmm. also like the angelic kind yeah. of harmonies and melodies that I like to add. So it was like, it was a combo of all that. Wow. And for the past few years, like, so that, that was the first experience. And then it happened again with another mushroom experience. And then, um, another time on DMT, I like, again, like I could hear it and I was like, this is wild. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, I think this Parangi uh, Liquid Bloom remix that I did, I think is, I like heard it once it was done, and I was like, whoa! I felt like this is the first kind of scratch of that surface right. of of where my sound might be evolving to. Right. Um, wow. Which That's is incredible. I'm really excited about. Yeah. That's incredible. So yeah, I wondered is it is it trying to inspire something to be created? Or, had, or, or has it actually been to the future and heard it? I and- think about that too. I'm like, <laughs> is this, has it already happened? Or is it like, hey, try to bring these frequencies in? Kind of right. Um, either or is fine by me. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, let's, I think sound, you know, especially musicians, we're probably constantly kind of shifting and evolving a little bit. So who knows if I'll even stay in that realm for long, but it was a cool like yeah. moment of aha where I'm like, Whoa, this is like just that first little scratch of like what this might evolve into at some point. 
Right. Um, so I'm really excited about releasing that one. That will probably come out in the fall. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, yeah, stoked on that because those are two of my favorite producers. And then with you, what are you remixing it? Yeah, so it was a remix. And it was a remix of a meditation, actually. Oh, um, wow. Uh, it's called Cura Sessions. It's by. Probably, oh, I've heard it. I've heard yeah. it many times. Dude, I. So they emailed me and they're like, hey, do you want to remix this as a meditation? Initially, I was just like, no. 20 minute meditation, taking all those stems and trying to remix it. I was like, oh, that sounds like. That sounds awful. <laughs> um, and also, like, I have a weird stigma around meditation music. I think so, so a lot of the times it's very basic. Um, it's just kind of like, you know, typical things that I'm just a little bit like, ah, it doesn't do much for me. But I was like, you know what, let me give this a chance. I put it on. I think the first one I clicked on was Call of Dawn. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. Like, I could feel it in my heart. I was like, yeah. whoa. I actually like just in that initial viewing, I wasn't even a meditative state, nothing, but like that initial listen, I was like, this just took me somewhere. Mm -hmm. And right there, I emailed him right away. I was like, I'll do it. This sounds, this is crazy. Like these, I could just feel the intention behind the music. And, um, yeah, I originally picked call of Dawn to remix. Um, and man, I was like pulling my hair out with that one because the song is in three, four, Mm-hmm. and not only that i was like i can deal with like a three four track i like i'll somehow pull it into like four four and i was like having trouble with that and then all of a sudden i was like i could not figure out the scale i was like they told me it was an a major and i'm like i'm playing all this stuff and i'm like dude this is not a major Eventually, <laughs> i had to like hit uh amani up like i was like dude what is going on like mm-hmm. i i've been spent two days i cannot figure out these notes and he's like oh it's in some like mixolydian scale and like i think at that point i was like dude i'm like such i'm so hard-headed with this stuff too like when i decide i'm doing something it's really hard for me to be like nope Mm -hmm. but at some point after like three days of like pulling my hair i was like i was like dude i need to i need to get a different song (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i love this song so much but i i can't i can't keep doing this um so i ended up picking preparing the path um which i'm really happy i ended up making that switch but yeah dude i was losing my shit <laughs> dude what do you think that they're tapping into because i the same oh. thing you know and, and i did do some medicine experiences with that track right me too. and so of course it went took me all the way there but it did it felt like these guys are true sound shamans you know what i mean they really are man yeah um I've always loved desert dwellers and i've always loved prongy and like i've always loved their solo stuff i just like hearing this was a different realm for me. And I, I don't know what they're tapping into. I, again, I think a lot of it comes down to intention. I'm like mm-hmm. story you want to tell as we were talking about earlier. So I think their story is just like, they've really got something to say. And I want to know, I want to do that. You know, like I'm so right. inspired by that. And I've made music in the past, but not to this level. And, you know, right. but they're, they're mature guys, you know, like they've got a couple of years on me. So they're learning some awesome stuff in the meanwhile. But I would just, what's really attractive to me is like the intention of the the studio session and maybe how long is it? How many days is it? How many hours are they recording each oh, day? I would love to be a fly on the wall and just yes. that experience. Just to see what's going on and just, yeah. 
are they like, do they have like a meditation session before? Right. Are they like taking medicine or are they just completely like come in and maybe they're like <laughs> super nonchalant. And they're kind of like, what's up, bro? What's up? And they just like, <laughs> they just pull out their flute and start doing some crazy shit. Right. Who knows? You know? Yeah. All right. I'm going yeah. to lunch. Have fun with that. It's like- right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, whatever they're doing is absolute magic. I mean, I totally, I just, to be able to work with, I specifically really resonated with the flute mm-hmm. and uh, preparing the path that mm-hmm. there's just, it's so it's, it's from another realm. <laughs> it's really from another realm. Totally. I feel like there's like an Icaros in one of them too. And I don't know if one of them sang it or if it's sampled, but I wonder who say who whistled that, who's saying that, whatever it is. It's freaking I, I awesome. feel like it's wrong here, but I could be wrong. Um, wow. Well, he's doing some magic. Cause I remember when yeah. I was hearing that with the medicine, I was fully. Right. <laughs> it hit the spot. Right. <laughs> that yeah. So cool. I've put that, I've put that curious sessions onto a few people, like a couple of my like really good friends. I was just like, dude, you guys got to hear this. Like if you ever want to get into like a meditative state, like put this on, like, it's one of my buddies. We're kind of in the same place with like spirituality where it's like, there's a lot of like foo-foo out there and we're a little bit like, but when it comes to like some real shit that we find, we like send it to each other. And we're like, okay, mm-hmm. this we can dive into. And like Cure Sessions was just one of those for me. I was like, wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Same, same. Well, I'm excited to hear that. That's it. That's awesome. Is it, is it shorter? Is it like a five minute, three minute, like, <laughs> or is it long? Oh, that's a funny story too. It's, it's, they wanted me to make it longer. And I'm like, you know, I think it's four minutes. It's like right under four minutes. So it's a little shorter, I guess for them and their genre, right. You know, like Mm -hmm. desert dollars can make like eight minute tracks, you know, liquid bloom, same. Like, and I'm like, I get that. But like, I just spent so much time with every detail on this one. Like every little percussion, I like went so, so in depth on this one where I like really paid attention more than I normally do. Yeah. So every little sound, every little bass. And I pretty much made everything from scratch for this track. So like by the time it was done, mm-hmm. you know, again, I kind of like pulled in some strings at the end and like, it just felt like it was done. And that was their only fed, but like, they're like, we love this, but can we make it a minute longer? And I'm like, I'll try. And I spent like two days trying to make it longer. And mm-hmm. I eventually wrote back to them. I was like, guys, like I can't like, <laughs> I, I, I could, but it really feels like the story's done here at this four minute mark. Nice. Um, but yeah, that was that was a fun experience because I'm like, of course they would want a longer one. <laughs> totally. That's yeah. so funny. Well, that's st- definitely something to look forward to. Um, yeah. I did just have one more question um, cool. because I'm curious just how to how, how several different producers um, do this, but like as far as like a time of day that you find yourself like really feeling creative and in the studio does it vary or is there like a ritual that you stick to is it always at night or in the morning or like how do you um, feel like you set up in the studio as like it a routine? used to be always at night mm-hmm. um it was always from like 11 p.m to like 3 a.m okay um but as i started to like you know this is like my full-time job now um so like as it kind of became more of like a career and a profession, I was like, okay, I think it's like healthier to switch that. Um, mm-hmm. So I did make a conscious effort to be like, 
all right, no, no more of these like staying up to like 5 a.m. <laughs> all day sessions. I really want to like make this healthier on my body because, mm-hmm. you know, getting into a proper routine is, I think, you know, is what I needed at the time. So I, I did make like about a year ago, I made a switch where I was like, all right, I wake up, do my kind of morning routine and start making music around, I would say like noon. Okay. Noon to <clears throat> noon to maybe eight. Mm-hmm. It's like my general work day now. And, and I like that. Um, I feel better. I don't feel as like tired. Yeah. Um, there was just something about like staying up till the sunrise, sometimes making music where I'd see the sun coming up and I would just kind of feel like a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Even though it's not a big deal. Like there's not a big problem with it, but I just was like, ah, man. (laughs) Like, um, so yeah, anyway, it's a, it's a daytime thing now. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I think the morning hours are particularly like peaceful. Um, one of my teachers, um, one of my yoga teachers talked about why it's good to do yoga in the morning. And it's because there's kind of less brain waves circulating the environment. It's, right. it's quieter. And you right. can feel that, you know, not right. only with the amount of people that are out, but just like there's some sense of, I don't know, silence, Peace. some sense of calm, um, yeah, serenity. Yeah. I mean, that, and I think that's where it switches. And now instead of being on a computer from one to three, Mm-hmm. I would say I'm kind of like in my space journaling and like mm-hmm. just enjoying the peace. Um, so I think that's where it's switched. I still stay up late. I don't mm-hmm. go to like sunrise anymore, but I still stay up to like, I would say like on average around like 2am I go to bed mm-hmm. that like, you know, that time from like 12 to two is just like me time. It's like yeah. journaling, meditating, mm-hmm. reading. Um, I really enjoyed that time to myself. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Well, um, yeah, that's that's an amazing conversation. Super glad to get to know you a bit better. Um, looking forward to what you've got coming. And yeah, I'll stay kind of in the loop with you as far as if there's anything we can help with, um, reposting, sharing out, that type of thing. Um, where can people find your music, your website, your social media, and all that good stuff? Um, I got a website. I don't know how many people actually go to my website but i do have websites there's just skyzymusic.com um okay. but yeah i would say um you know spotify and soundcloud are, are really the biggest places i think you know the more melodic down tempo people would usually find my stuff on spotify it tends to be like what pops up more there yeah. and the people who like my kind of bassier more sound design influence side usually go to soundcloud because that's yeah. usually that's it's just the difference like with soundcloud i really put that kind of bassier stuff at the top of my page to really emulate that and yeah spotify just loves down tempo so that's where <laughs> that's usually if you like one or the other you'll go to one of those platforms awesome yeah. all right brother well thank you so much for being here today and thank you to the listeners thanks for having me man absolutely